You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. All right, I just wanted to share with you guys how I got here today. And when I, when I say here, I mean like right here preaching for the first time to Mercy Culture. This is kind of crazy. Um, you may not know me, but my background is business. I've spent my entire life, uh, besides the last year and a half, in corporate America. And we've, my wife and I have been on staff here for the last year and a half, and it's been, it's been incredible. But uh, I want to give you the origination point of how I got to this pulpit right here. I was sitting in my office, and I received a text message. I think we have an actual live feed from Pastor Landon. You will preach the last Sunday in April. The topic is submission. That's it. I get this text message, and I'm like, did he, maybe he didn't mean to send this to me. Maybe this was supposed to go to someone else. And so I just sat there and stared at my phone. Yes, I have 140, here we go. This is my response. I am submitted. And he said, yes, don't preach heresy. And I said, I always try not to be a heretic. Heard it's the best way. That's it. Here I am. Pastor Landon, I want to say that he is the most efficient leader that I've ever met. I would like schedule a meeting to share some heart, to ask and do all the things. And maybe we're coming up with a decision a month from now, but he's quick. He moves fast. Don't blink. Don't blink. This is the 1130 service, so I feel like I can share one more Pastor Landon story. Uh, Yeah, because he's not here today. And I'll probably get feedback. He watches everyone and he gives feedback. Um, but there was a, there, this, is, this was crazy to me. So we were, uh, I was about to have a meeting in his office and he's like, hey, there's a lady at the front door. Um, can you go let her in and just bring her back here? I was like, sure. And she's gonna need a micro, she's going to need a microwave. I was like, great. Like usually, you know, when you Uber Eats, like it comes hot but maybe they just need to heat something up. I don't know. So I go, there's a lady, and she needs the microwave for an IV bag of vitamins to be received intravenously. That might be normal, but me and him are sitting on his couch having a meeting. Just, I'm on this couch, he's on this one, we're just looking at each other. He's got his arm out. Literally a needle is going into his arm, getting ready to receive some vitamin B just to keep those energy levels high so he can move quickly and make decisions. And me, I don't do well with things like this. Like my daughters and like there's been emergency room situations and and we'll get there and I quickly become the patient. You can ask my wife. Like I get lightheaded, I see the blood, I see the needle and now I'm in the corner getting Gatorade and ice chips from the nurse. And so I'm just sitting here with Pastor Landon just trying to focus on his eyes and not the needle. Like at one point during our meeting, he was like, hey, my arm's kind of tingly and numb. Is that okay? And she's, she's like explaining something. And he's, he's like, all right. And he just, he just continues on. Like, who does this? I joke. I don't joke. Pastor Landon can be intense. But something you don't know about Pastor Landon and Pastor Heather is they are the sweetest, most generous people that I've ever met. A few Sundays or a few weeks ago, I was teaching um, our staff chapel and I was speaking and in the middle of my speaking, I just was, it was the attack of the enemy and I was like, in my head, I was thinking, oh, this doesn't sound like Pastor Landon. 
uh, this doesn't look like Pastor Lynn, and I'm watching them on the back row. I'm like, man, I'm going to get feedback from this. And after speaking, he, um, Pastor Heather comes to me, my wife, and she said, I just want to honor you guys for your voice. It's unique, and the Lord is attacking people's voices. And I love it that we have leaders over this house that are embracing individuals. They're not trying to create mini-me's. That's not their desire. They're embracing people and, and teaching them to be spiritual leaders. And it's amazing what is happening in this house because of that leadership. So can we just honor our pastors for their amazing leadership? Who's ready? Come on. Chris, I'm going to need some more in the monitor and add 15 minutes to the clock. I'm kidding, guys. I'm joking. I don't even know what those things mean. It doesn't even matter to me because I don't do this. I'm not a professional communicator. I'm kidding. I'm not, we don't need 15 more minutes. Relax. Are y'all still with me? Don't tune out before we even get started. Rado, you're with me. He's with me. Okay. Matthew 26, 38, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet all I want, your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. Skip down to verse 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken from me unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Today I want you, I came to tell you that submission keeps you close to God. The title of my message is Strengthening and Fortifying Through Submission. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your work is just is just starting. Would you posture the hearts of your sons and daughters to receive? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would direct us towards Jesus. I pray that we would have a new revelation of the love of Jesus today. I pray that it would, that it would lead us to repentance, Father. We come against any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit, and we simply say, the Lord rebuke you. This room is yours, Holy Spirit. Would you move? Would you do what only you can do? I pray for salvation today, Father. I pray that salvation would come to your sons and daughters. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Submission. What an exciting topic. I have a picture for you guys. This, this is Hide Your Pain Herald, okay? And this is a real guy. He's actually, it's, it's, he's like a, I think he lives over in Sweden, but he's a stock image guy. And uh, you can find him just on random brochures of like nursing homes. And he's just a stock image guy. But the thing about Harold is you see a smile on Harold's face. But there's not a lot of life in those eyes. You see it? Hide your pain, Harold. And 
just people being aware that I was about to speak at Mercy Culture, people come up to me and they're like, hey, what are you talking on? What are you, what are you preaching on? Submission. This is the face I get. <laughs> Some of you, I see it on your face right now. That's okay, though. We're going to get through this. We're going to go through, we're going to, go, we're going to get into the truth and, the God's, and God's going to change our mind on submission. Submission literally goes against everything that our society says. If I could sum up our society and what it says to be, it would be this. It would be work less, make more money, and be your own boss. Would you agree? Everybody's trying to be self-made. Everybody's trying to be in charge. Everybody wants to be at the very top, and that's what... That's, that's the carrot that society is holding out there for us to, to chase. If you are a businessman in this room or, or you, you do something, you're a social media influencer and you've achieved this type of success, you are not wrong. I'm not against you. All I'm saying is that everybody else that's working a nine to five or sitting in a, in a place that they don't want to be in, that's the carrot that's dangling in front that everybody's kind of focusing on. It's not wrong, but it's actually a narrative of rebellion. It's anti-submission. And today I want to tell you, don't take the bait. You were created for submission. And anytime a word gets so twisted, it's, it's, submission is a cringe word in our society. And anytime it gets twisted, we gotta pay attention to it because it's a godly word. It's a godly concept and, and the Lord wants to redeem it today. And so I'm excited to get into the truth. The Lord's gonna redeem this term for us. So what is submission? I'm gonna give you a definition, and I'm gonna give you my definition. The definition of submission is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. The Greek word is hupotasso. The Greek Italian is hupotasso. <laughs> and the definition is to place, I did that for PJ Viscovi. Um, the definition is to place or rank under to subject to or to obey. So the way that I see the word submission, I see as a compound word. So sub and mission. So sub means under, and mission is purpose, goal, agenda, or values demonstrated by a person, organization, or entity. So here's, here's my definition of submission. Submission is choosing to subject yourself to someone else's purpose, goal, or agenda. I'm a member of Mercy Culture Church. Um, so I have made a decision to be submitted to Mercy Culture Church. I choose to submit myself to Pastor Landon, Pastor Heather, our elders, our vision, our values, and I choose to submit. That's what submission looks like. I'm a Christian. I choose to submit myself to God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the authority of Scripture. I choose to put myself under this authority. It helps me when defining a word to think about the opposite. So the opposite of submission would be rebellion. Rebellion is the action or process of resisting authority or control. You, don't, you may not like the word submission, but you have been under submission, you're currently under submission, and you're going to continue to be under submission or authorities for the rest of your life. And I want to prove that to you, even if you don't like it. I'm going to say a phrase, then you finish the word, okay? If you're a student, you are to be submitted to your... If you're an athlete, you should be submitted to your... If you're a member of a church, hopefully you're submitted to a... If you're an employee, 
Hopefully you're submitted to your... If you're a child, I really hope that you're submitted to your... If you're a wife, you should be submitted to your... That one gets some heat. People don't like that one. America does not like that one. Our society right now does not like that. Someone sent me a social media post knowing what I was speaking about today, and the post said, don't date or marry a man, this is a well-known person, don't date or marry a man obsessed with submission of wife. Stay, stay far, far away. Had like 20,000 likes. It was crazy, but that's the truth. And so don't get tied up on that. That's Ephesians 5.22. A lot of people have a problem with that. You also have problems with authority. But if you go back up to 5.21, it says submit one to another. And so w- with that, we could also say, husbands, you are to submit to your And then if we want to skip down to verse 25, it actually tells the husbands, hey, actually lay down your life and die for your spouse like Christ did for the church. And so if we want to complain about it, like guys, like we have a lot more intense side of the deal. I just want to say it. I just want to go on the record and say that. Submission's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Tell your neighbor submission is a good thing. Tell your other neighbor you were created to be submitted. That's another one of those things that you just observe happening at Mercy Culture, so when you're speaking, you just do it. The question, Pastor Landon made this statement, um, I believe at Pascal High School, but he said, if, uh, if you had a bad experience at the dentist, that doesn't mean you're gonna stop brushing your teeth. Same is true for submission. And I don't wanna minimize that some of you have actually experienced real pain, real hurt, real abuse through submission in a perversion of submission, but the Lord's going to redeem it today. I want to dive into the scripture that just rubs people the wrong way when it comes to submission. It's Romans 13, 1 and 2. This says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resist what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Am I reading that right? Right? Like you, you read that and you're just kind of like, God, are we, did you get that right? Let me see some other translations of this. But this is important. It's very important. For us to understand that, I want you to tune in because this is, this is kind of the heady concept that we need to catch so we can understand submission, but it's so important So to understand this, we have to understand submission versus obedience. So here's the statement. Submission is the heart posture. Obedience is the action. Submission is the heart posture. Obedience is the action. If you haven't heard anything I've said so far, hear this. Do you know who's not submitted? Kids. Your kids. My kids, I have a picture here. I just, here they are, these little angels right here. This is probably what you would experience if you saw us from from afar over in MC Central. I'm probably speaking to them and I have a smile on my face and they're looking at me and saying, yes, Father. And they go and they do exactly what I tell them to do and everything's great. But I would encourage you to fishbowl our living room 
when Lindsay comes in and dumps a load of fresh hot laundry out on the floor, and I just have to explain this because three girls that are about this age, six, eight, and 10, laundry is, is it's, it's, I don't even know how to say it, it's perplexing. The matching, the colors, the undergarments, everything is a different size, but everything from the looks of it is the same size. <laughs> Me sorting through my children's laundry is 10 times more complex and spiritually intense than preparing to preach to you at Mercy Culture. <laughs> I'm serious. I can't do it. I usually just, I'm like, babe, I need to go to the gas station and get a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but our children are coming of age. They're growing up in the wisdom and stature of the Lord. And we now ask them, girls, start sorting your laundry, matching socks, hanging up clothes, taking them to your rooms, putting them in the drawers. And you see the pinnacle of what it means to not be submitted. <laughs> Literally, I don't even know how it happens, but it's like an extra layer of gravity will like rest on them and literally everything about them. And they'll even look at us while they're doing it and they don't even want to pick up their feet and they just, but they obey. They do exactly what we ask them to do. They don't want us to be doing it, but they do it. So here's the point. You can obey, but not be submitted. My kids can be obedient, but they're not, they don't carry a heart posture of submission towards Lindsay and I. They're doing exactly what we've asked them to do, but they're not carrying a heart posture of honor and submission. And, and we laugh at this. It's, it's funny to talk about kids, but this is the same way your employer is looking at you. As you shuffle around your work, not wanting to be there, you're not submitted. You're obeying because you want your paycheck, but you're not submitted to your boss. There's something at risk there, and the Lord has big plans, and he can achieve more things if you will get over yourself and learn what it means to be submitted. So back to the question. Is it ever okay to not be submitted? We'll get there. But there's a story in the Bible in, in Daniel of King Nebuchadnezzar. We know this story. Shadrach, maybe you don't know this story, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... King Nebuchadnezzar, what he, he erects a golden statue, and what he says is when, this, when, when music plays, everybody has to bow. And if you don't bow, we're going to take you, we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace, and we're going to burn you alive. That's the decree that goes across the land. So you have Daniel who submitted to this king through Daniel's submission in interpreting dreams. Um, for King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel is given the right to appoint people. He appoints Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and we're at this moment. So the music plays, the statue's up, everybody bows except for the three. And here's, what, here's their response in Daniel 3.17. I want you to pay attention to the language, the language of honor that's in this scripture how they respond to the king. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. The term your majesty is, is, is a, it's a honoring term. 
It would be like me saying Mr. President or me saying Madam Speaker or me saying Pastor, so-and-so. It's just an honoring term. There's honor in their, their words. They're carrying a heart posture of submission even though they are not going to obey the thing that they're being asked to do. I want to read one more from, um, from Acts. This is Acts 23, verse 3 and 5. Paul speaking to the Sanhedrin. Pay attention to the language here. This is interesting to me. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, how dare you insult God's high priest? And Paul replied, brothers, Paul was starting to get spicy. Paul was a spicy fella, and he was starting to get spicy. He didn't have a problem with standing up for what was right. But he, he sees that this is a high priest. And then Paul, listen, look at his language. Brothers, I did not realize that he was a high priest. For it is written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. You see that heart posture of submission? The point. You no longer obey authority when it causes you to disobey God. If obeying a parent, a boss, a leader, or any other authority causes you to disobey God, you do not have to obey. This is important. In our defining of the word submission, what's the opposite of submission? Rebellion. We're not talking about rebelling against the government. If the law or specifically what you are being asked to do causes you to sin, you resist that specific incident while maintaining a heart posture of honor and submission to the authority. This is important. I believe that this heart posture of submission is the thing that God will utilize. Adam Sherlow, I just keep seeing you. Welcome. I'm glad you're at Mercy Culture. Sorry, I just had to do that. I just, I just keep seeing him, so I just had to acknowledge it. Now I can move on. The heart posture, I'm coming back. I'm sorry. Your heart posture may be the thing that God uses to position the change of, of the evil, of the policy, of what is happening. Maintain a heart posture of submission. I have to tell you the truth. It could also be the thing, it could also be the thing that brings persecution to your life. John 15, Jesus speaking. I just feel like we need to remind ourselves. He told us, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will, they will obey yours also. Matthew 5, 43 through 44 says, you have heard it was, you've heard it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's a win-win with the Lord. Like we can't lose. We stand up for what's right. We carry a heart posture of submission. And in the middle of doing that, we don't have to obey the thing that's causing us to disobey God. Does that make sense? So don't quit speaking up on the issues. That doesn't mean we're to be quiet. I'm so thankful for what we're doing today with, with candidates. And we have people that are not afraid to speak up and align with truth. But we honor and we submit authority in the process. You were created for submission. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. And you got to, don't say it out loud. Uh, but when I ask it, I want you to come up with the answer as fast as you can. Are you ready? Are you ready? Who are you submitted to? I said don't say it out loud, but that's okay. Um, if you, 
if you don't have a good answer to that question, there's a high probability you're not, you, don't, you don't have submission in your life. And it's not, you're not wrong, but society gives us something to go after that is anti-submission. But I hope that's reflective so, you, so we start to understand we need submission. We were created for submission. So I want to give you guys some practical steps of how do I implement submission in my life. So the first thing is just to evaluate what's in your hand. Where do you work? Who are you married to? What church do you go to? There's authority structures in your life that you're supposed to be in submission to. And I'm not saying go to your boss that you've been working for for five years and be like, hey, I'm finally submitted to you. (laughs) That's probably not a good idea. He probably realizes that you're only giving him 67%. But take it into your encounter with the Lord. The best advice I could give you is honor that person. And what have we learned about honor? Honor is to assign heaven's value to a person. It's to assign heaven's value to a person or a place. Ask the Lord, Lord, what are your thoughts towards him or her? This crazy leader that's not consistent that I work for, what are your thoughts towards them? Because Jesus loves them. The same blood that he shed on the cross for you is the same one that he shed for them. I'm just thinking about this exercise. I was, I was, at, a, uh, I was at a freedom class at another church um, before Mercy Culture started, and they did this exercise where they had me pair up with a stranger, so I was paired up with this old guy, and we stood there, and they had us look into each other's eyeballs for a minute what seemed like an eternity. So we didn't say anything. We just sit here and stared into their eyes. And it was weird. That he's like, time. I'm like, thank God. Why, where am I right now? Babe, let's go. And then what he did is he, descri- he started to describe Jesus and the way Jesus thinks about that person, the way Jesus died for that person, the blood that was shed on the cross for that person. And, and then we came back and we did the exercise again and we faced each other. And literally, I'm sitting here staring in this old man's eyes and we're both just tears are falling down our face. That's to assign honor. That's to align with the way Jesus sees a situation, sees a person. So start there. Some practical advice for your marriage. You can't be submitted in your marriage if you don't know your wife. So something that transformed Lindsay and I's marriage is we made it a commitment. We're going through some rocky times, and we made it a commitment. That we're, we're like, we're just going to start praying together every day. I'm not talking about a prayer service. I'm not talking about, you know, a thing before you leave each day for work. We just simply would face each other, embrace each other, and we, she would pray for me. I would pray for her. That will change your world. It's so simple, but even our kids, to observe mom and dad doing that on a daily basis, like that's shifting things that will have eternal impact on their lives with their future spouses. Pray with your spouse. Couch time. Lindsay and I love some couch time. It sounds cozy, but a lot of times it's crunchy. Couch time is when you intentionally sit down with your spouse, you choose to turn off the TV. It's so easy to just get home after all the responsibilities and everything and just tune out. But couch time is when Lindsay and I, we're like, we're doing it, 6.30, we're sitting down and we're looking at each other and we're, and we're, we're communicating. We say highs and lows. What's the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? And the Lord will open that up. 
And if you commit yourself to that in your marriage, the, the Lord will start to bring unity and blessing in your marriage, and you will learn what it means to be submitted to your spouse. A lot of times I talk to people, I think they're seeking submission. It's usually like mentorship or life coaching. Um, I don't know, like as, as you do things, like stage things, it's like more people are like, hey man, bro, I need to submit to you, you know? And it's like, well, what are you even talking about? Like, why don't you do the things that I told you to do last month when we had coffee together? Start there. But people are like, I've, I've been looking for, I, I want to be submitted but I've been searching for seven years and I can't find the person that I need to be submitted to. I need to address what I refer to as the Jerry Maguire mindset. There he is. What a great show. I'm kidding. If you've not seen this, I'm making reference. Do not go see it. It's not worth your time. But in this, at the pinnacle of a rom-com, he has this moment where he says, you complete me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I just want you all to know that if you're married in here and you, because I did this, we entered into marriage and I was like, Lindsay completes me, I will complete her, every struggle that I've ever had will be, will end in this moment because now I am completed. That's a lie. And if you're newly married, you know that's the truth. If you're six months into it and you don't know this yet, you're probably thinking like, what happened, like, what, what is going on? Like, this isn't looking like I wanted, I, I thought this was going to look like, but that's the expectation that people put on marriage. It's the expectation that people put on mentorship or finding a person to be submitted to. And really, the you complete me mindset is only reserved for Christ. He is literally the only thing that will complete you. I don't care who it is. I don't care how great. Go ahead. People are going to let you down. And so release your spouse of that expectation of perfection. Release your mentor of perfection. Like, do you think you're going to meet with someone and they're going to, like, have coffee with you once a week and your life's going to shift? Maybe. But probably not. That's for Jesus to do. But submission is important. Find someone that walks in submission. Just some practical tips. Find someone that walks in submission. Find someone that loves Jesus. Pay attention and find someone that loves their spouse. They don't have to be a public figure. Everybody wants the person that has, has the influence and the following. Just look. There's people all around you. There's people in this church that you're supposed to be submitted to. I'm not talking about leadership. I'm talking about serve team members that are just faithful. And you're supposed to be submitted to them. Plug in, serve at your church just to get exposure and get in the community of good, godly people. And you will find someone that you can be submitted to. I'm submitted to a guy named Doug. So is Adam. We're both submitted to him. And Doug is an interesting cat. He's an interesting character. He, uh, he's not the package that I, I thought I was looking for when I was looking for submission. But as I started to observe and see this guy, I watched him walk through the death of his son. I watched how he loves his wife. And there was something profound about his relationship with the Lord. And I, was, I just was attracted to it. And he is the straightest shooter you will ever meet. Me and Doug, we've sat outside on a patio and had coffee together. And he's like, take your sunglasses off. I need to look into your eyes. I'm like, whoa, Doug, calm down. 
he saw a, uh, I don't know if it was a social media posting or an email or something of me, like, promo to speak. His response to that is to call me and say, Clay, have you ever seen a turtle on a fence post? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, if you ever do, you remember he didn't get there by himself. And don't you forget that. He starts drilling into me, and then he's like, how's Lindsay? How are the kids? How's your relationship with the Lord? I know that Doug loves me, but I don't think he's impressed with me. Like all of this, he's not impressed with this. He cares about me. Do Doug and I agree on everything? No. Does Doug irritate me? Yes, sometimes, not all the time. Is Doug prideful? Yes, and so am I. If Doug tells me no, do I listen? I do. See, I'm making a choice to submit myself to Doug. That's kind of a scary thing, but that's my choice. That's a level of submission that I have in my life. I skipped over step two, but it's adding submission structures into your life. Some of you need to add structures of submission into your life. And here's what I would say, is that there's something you're dealing with. If you're struggling, if it's, if it's lust, if it's fear, if it's anger, if your marriage is just off, you need some additional levels of submission. And I promise you there's breakthrough that comes when we pay attention to this principle of submission. Always be looking at the submission that's in your life and modify as necessary. Seasons change, jobs change, things change. My wife and I, uh, we went through um, some challenges in 2017. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in our marriage, we're struggling, I'm struggling, I'm working in corporate America, I'm traveling, I have no submission in my life. And 2017 was the beginning of submission for me. And I made the decision to put submission, to go after submission in my life. And so at that point in time, what it looked like is we had a couple that we, uh, we had a couple that worked with us, that mentored us. This couple, um, the wife was an attorney. He was a police officer. They were intense and so direct and helped us so much. I also met with a, I would, I would have a phone call with a guy every Thursday morning at 7 a.m., and he would just check on my heart. I'd give him an update on how my week went, how things are going. And then I also had a group of old men. And we would, I got connected supernaturally, like total God thing with this group of old men. And we would meet at a barn and drink black coffee at 5 a.m. in South Lake, Texas. And we would just talk about the Lord. They would ask me questions, drill into things. And that structure helped me. People would look at that and be like, man, that's legalistic. Like, why don't you just have a spiritual moment and be free? It's not legalism. Like, submission is a structure from God, and it's wisdom, and your freedom could be sitting on the other side of it if you would trust it. There's benefits to submission. We're bringing it home here. We didn't have to add 15 minutes to the clock. I hope y'all are still with me. I want to release to you guys the, the best for the last, like the benefits of submission. There really are true benefits. Benefit number one is there's, you will spiritually grow when you are submitted. The most spiritual people I know are the most submitted people I know. 
You will spiritually grow when you are submitted. Your spiritual maturity will reflect your submission. Where you are submitted is where you are growing and progressing. If I could sum up the Christian faith in one phrase, it would be deny yourself. And when I think about submission, submission at its foundation, it's that. It's denying yourself. So you're choosing to submit yourself to a structure or a person. You're taking your hopes, your dreams, the life that you've been trying to create, your business, and you're laying it down. You're saying, God, this is all yours. Many of you are going after success. And, and what your relationship to the Lord looks like is not actually submission. It's you going after what, what looks successful, maybe is going to provide, and you're saying, God, come bless my plan. Submission is saying, God, the, the whole thing is yours. It's all yours. If you tell me to lay it down, I'll lay it down. I might have been a business owner, but now I'll go get a job at Costco if that's what you're asking me to do. It's being obedient to the Lord. You enter into the cadence of Matthew 6.33 when you're submitted to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to, unto you. The Lord does that. That's his cadence. That's the way he desires to move in our lives. And then verse 34 says, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, you don't have to be anxious about it. Tomorrow's got enough cares of its own. There's a grace for you to get through today and put your pillow your head on your pillow tonight, and the Lord is going to sustain you and give you everything you need if you'll trust him. Submitted people that are spiritually growing are able to extract the purposes of God out of every situation. You see this over and over in Scripture with, with people being submitted to bad leaders, but they can be underneath a bad leader and have a positive attitude and carry a heart posture of submission and honor and they pull out the purposes of God for that season. If you don't, if you're not submitted, you're, then you're sitting in an environment where you're just complaining and shuffling your feet around, waiting to be called up because there's a prophetic word that was spoken over my life and there's this destiny. Hey, I know I work at Chick-fil-A right now, but that's, I'm going to be on a platform someday. And and it causes this distraction that will never allow you to move forward. Submission, another, the second benefit of submission is the blessing of the Lord. When you submit to someone, the blessing of the Lord enters your life. Why? Unity. So Psalms 133 says, where there is unity, the Lord commands his blessing. So think about this. So literally, as you, as you seek out, I love, maybe I have issues with control. I just do. But I love when the Lord gives us like a tangible concept. So, so think about seeking out submission in your marriage, in your workplace, at church. And as you seek out that submission, essentially what you're doing is you're creating a scenario. You're cho choosing to put yourself under someone, and the Lord is going to command his blessing. And he wants that for every area of your life. The third benefit is the peace of God. The peace of God rests on the lives that are submitted to God. And I'm talking about the peace that surpasses understanding. 
I'm not talking about a challenge-free life. We don't start seeking God and then all of our problems go away. There's always going to be challenges in life. If anyone's telling you there's not, they're not teaching you the Bible. But there is a peace that surpasses understanding that will sit on your life when you're submitted to God. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke refers to submission. Either you are submitted or you're not submitted. Either his yoke is easy or it's not. And if you're carrying, if you have on a yoke that is not easy and the burden is not light, that yoke is not from Jesus. I would invite you to ask yourself, am I submitted? There's a high probability that submission does not exist in that area. If you're just constantly pushing and pulling, you know when it's God. Like, you know when it's God. It's like he just does it. It's that Matthew 6.33 thing. He just does it. When you're not submitted, there's striving, there's anxiety, there's lack of peace. We wear ourselves out in the pursuit of happiness and success, and we only end up empty. That carrot that I was talking about earlier, some of you will wear yourselves out to get it, and then when you finally get it, you're like, it's not even worth it. Like, I lost my kids, I lost my marriage. Like, your kids are not going to remember how much money was in your bank account, when they grow up, they're going to remember that you weren't able to, to be there, that you didn't sit with them across the table when they were having breakfast. It's not wrong to travel. I'm just, I'm just saying we have to submit our ways to God and let him prioritize, and we do exactly what he's asking us to do. The fourth benefit is freedom. I just feel that we're good. Can't st we're good. We're good because if I start crying, it, it doesn't work. I'm not a good crier. It just doesn't work. I can't get words out. We're good. But I just felt the Lord and like this empathetic thing come over me. And I was just thinking about sitting where you're sitting, listening to people talk with the desire to be free. And I grew up in church. I know the answers. Like, like I know what it should look like. I can be in a small group. I can lead, I can serve and lead and do all the things. But on the other side, I'm in bondage and I'm not free. And I feel that. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We, we've heard the scripture, but pay attention to the order. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I spent 30 years of my life trying to flee, trying to resist the devil without submitting myself to God. The freedom that you can't attain, and I just encourage you, stick with it. The enemy wants you to be in that cycle of Wanting to be free, messing up during the week, 
presence of God, wanting to be free, messing up, and he puts you in that cycle because he wants you to eventually give up. And I'm giving you the key this morning. You have to stick with it. And the key is submission. Submit yourself to God. And I want to give you the key of what it means to submit yourself to God. This is very practical, it's very simple, but it's profound. Confess your sins one to another. So first off, I just need to say that you are righteous. If you are in Christ Jesus and you've, accept, you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart, you are righteous. You're covered by his blood. He declares you righteous. Jesus sits as the mediator. The enemy is accusing you, saying, look at what they're doing, look at what they're doing. And because of the power of the blood of Christ, your sin is covered past, present, future. That's salvation. That's not what I'm talking about here. But see, I took that... I took the truth. The enemy just likes to take the truth and just put a subtle twist on it. And I sat with the reality of that truth. I could, I could explain it. I could do all the things. I've grown up in church. But then the thing that I missed was confess one to another. I don't have to do that because here's the reality of the cross. And it's like, yes, this is true. This is the reality of the cross. But this is also true. And this is for my benefit right here, right now. See, you're seated in the heavenlies, but you're also seated in your Honda Odyssey driving your kids to school. Like there's two realities here. Confess your sins one to another. 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I have sin. You have sin. See, as we never arrive with the Lord. It's from glory to glory to glory. We will arrive when we come into his presence fully one day, but until then, we're, we're constantly going. Get arrival mentality out of your head. Quit looking at people thinking that they've found the way. Just take where you're at right now and take a step forward. That's it, it's just one step. I'm not going to give my eight-year-old the keys to my truck. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. Just your next step forward. That's all we're doing with God. Here's how sin works. After, James 1.15 says, After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So sin is the seed. It Literally, like a, like a seed of sin is conceived when we sin. And then it, it gives language of the this, this seed growing ultimately to come full term and give birth to death. Sin will literally lead you towards death. And you can be covered by the blood of Jesus, but, but you can have sin just rampant, ruling your life. And confession one to another is the thing that takes that sin out. Sin does not have authority over people that live a life of confession one to another. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Proverbs 28.13 says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. 
Your confession of sin will set you free. The continual confession of sin will keep you free. In 2017, this was the moment when I made the decision to be fully known. I'd never been fully known. I'm married, I go to church, I go to an amazing church, I sit underneath amazing teaching, and literally just that thing that I was talking about, those accusations of the enemy of like, oh, you sit underneath this pastor and you hear these words and you're still dealing with these things? Like that's the lie of the enemy. I spoke at a, at a, at a distinct breakfast and a business owner came up to me and he told me that, uh, hey, my wife just came up to me and told me that she was addicted to pornography. And I could just hear the accusations of the enemy. Oh, that's just for men. Like, you struggle with that? You're a female? That's, that's his intention with sin is to isolate you and lie to you. Never sit here this is not the intention of mercy culture, but I never want you to come to mercy culture and sit here and see people in the presence of God praying and just going after it and then, and then get the partner with the lie of the enemy of like, man, these people have no idea what I'm going through. Like if they did, like they all got it together. I don't. That is the lie from the pit of hell. Ben, I'll go ahead and invite you guys up. They've been standing in that hallway for a long time. Maybe I did need the 15 minutes. We're really wrapping up now, though. Confession of sin will set you free. The continual confession of sin will keep you free. The benefit is your freedom. The benefit of submission is your freedom. I have to tell you as we talk about submission that your submission will be tested. It's just a reality. If it's not tested, if your submission is not tested, then it's not submission. When it comes across the other side of testing, that means that you were actually submitted. You see this with Jesus and his disciples. He's doing miracles. His ministry is going nuts. And then you have moments like in Capernaum when Jesus you know, he's got this crazy following, lots more disciples than just the 12. And then he, he tells people, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the scripture says, this is really hard teaching and many of the disciples started to leave. And then what does Jesus do? He turns to his disciples, he looks at them, he says, are you gonna leave me too? That's what submission feels like. It's this, it's a tension. It's a beautiful tension. It's not easy. But there is such a peace. The benefits are real, and I, and I am a testimony that if you will take heart, if you will, if you will have the courage to trust God at his word, he will enter into your life in a supernatural way. Our process of healing, it was not pretty. It was not easy.
It was a season. And Lindsay and I, we always look back at that season. And uh, we always look back at the season. And it's almost like we, we, uh, we miss it. I know it sounds weird. But that's God. Like only God can do that. Bring it. We're good. We're going to keep going. John 14, 30, 31. I don't know who put this here, but thank you. Jesus speaking. I will not say much more to you. For the prince of this world is coming. He's talking about the enemy. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that... Jesus is about to share with us why the enemy is here. He comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. The purpose of the enemy, the purpose of the trial, the purpose of your resistance that that you're experiencing in your life is to expose whether you are or you're not submitted to God. His desire is for you to be submitted. And to submit to him is to lay it all down and to let him in. And he'll start rearranging and doing things supernaturally. Trust me, I have walked in it. So with our closing text, Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times he's wrestling with his father. Jesus has the weight of the world hinging in this moment. And he literally goes and he wrestles and asks the Lord, is there any other way that this can happen? He knows what he's about to bear. He's about to go through a gruesome death. Is there any way this could happen? A different way, Father. He goes back to his disciples. They're sleeping back and wrestles. Back to his disciples, back and wrestles. And here's his response. My Father, if the cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Eternity was hanging in the balance of this moment. What did we learn? Submission is the heart posture. The obedience is the action. You see, the cross was the obedience. The cross was the action, but the point of submission is right here in the Garden of Gethsemane. As I was writing and preparing for this moment, the thing I have to ask myself is, God, can, can someone be saved and unsubmitted to God? Is that even possible? Matthew 7, 21 says that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. People are going to come before him that operated in gifting. We prophesied, we cast out demons in your name. They operated in gifting. You've been beside them in churches and the Lord's gonna look at them and say, I never knew you. The definition of Lord is someone or something having power, authority, or influence over another. You can't call Jesus Lord if you're not submitted to him. Was I saved when I was eight years old at a Baptist church in Amarillo? Maybe. I know that I gave the Lord my life, all of my life. I entered into lordship five years ago. 
So when was it? I don't know for sure. The good news is, is that you're here today and that your decisions have led to this moment right here. And the Lord wants you to submit today. I wanna invite you guys to stand. I wanna invite you to stand up. And I just feel like salvation is in the room. And I'm not gonna ask you to come down. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. But if you would, just bow your heads. Lay down every religious construct of what you did or didn't do. But if you would say in this moment that you need to give the life, the Lord, everything in your life and give him complete authority and lordship, I want you to raise your hand. It's amazing. I want to invite everybody to pray with us. I'm going to say some words and let's repeat it. In Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. So repeat with me. Jesus, I submit to your lordship. I believe the cross covers my sin. I give you my life. I lay down my will. I say your will be done in my life. You are the Lord of everything. Today I make you Lord over my life. That's it. That's the confession. That's the faith. In Luke 15, 10, it says, Jesus said, I will tell you there is more rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over, over one sinner who repents. Can we just celebrate these people? The enemy's plan is to separate you from God, but God's plan is to be one with you. Submission closes the gap. In the first garden, the lack of submission kicked them out. In this garden, submission drew him close. The Lord wants a response from you today. And I felt two things on my heart. When I was talking earlier about the, the, the yoke is easy and the burden is light, some of you are, are experiencing something that is not that. And I felt like what I saw was a moment where you come down to this altar and you bow in submission to the Lord and he wants to exchange yokes. Essentially like you're laying the old one down and he's putting his new one on you. The second thing I saw is people have been trying to resist the devil, but you have not submitted to God. And so I just wanna, we're gonna go into a moment here and the band's gonna play, but I just want to invite you to just respond. Who cares who you came with or what anyone thinks? If there's something in your chest that's just on fire right now, respond. In the same way we confess with our mouth, natural responses coupled with our faith do something in the spiritual. So right now I just wanna invite you to just respond to God, whatever that means to you. Just respond to your Father. Make Him Lord over your life. Fully submit to Him.
me to remind you of that scripture about the angels rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents. That's not just for salvation. Some of you need to repent. Some of you need to change some things in your life. And all of heaven is going to be rejoicing as you do it. So keep responding, keep coming, keep coming. scriptures team I don't know if we can find it. I think it was in John it's that one of the last scriptures that Pastor Clay was talking about where he was revealing the enemy's plan but he, the enemy would attack and it had the, that second second part do you remember what that is Pastor Clay is John 30 John 14 John 14 there's just this this part right here so if you're in the front or God's God's ministering to you but if they get it, it it was revealing the enemy's plan so that God's love could be revealed. It said something along those lines. Do you remember that scripture? John 14, 30. John 14, 30. And so what I felt is, in my spirit, is if you're up at 
this altar, maybe you're, you're out in your seats and you've been feeling resistance or darkness or things coming against you. I felt the encouragement of the scripture. Uh, maybe it's not that one, that's okay. But what I felt to put our faith towards in this moment is for the Father's love to be revealed. So you just close your eyes, and if you need to be at this altar and respond to the Father's love, I invite you to come do that. But the resistance and the darkness that, that maybe you're feeling, or the heaviness, or the things that, that you've been walking through, you've been walking through with your marriage, I wanna encourage you today that the Father's love will be revealed through some of your weakest, some of your darkest places, if you will. Submit yourself to the Lord, just like Pastor Clay taught. So will you put your faith into the love of the Lord? And if you need at this altar, you say, I need the touch. I, it's hard to see the love of the Father. Will you just lift your hands and say, I need the Father's love and reach out for the Father's. Oh, Father, you see your sons and daughters. We turn our eyes to you. Won't you be revealed? Won't your love be revealed? Won't be revealed? Oh, we submit our ways to you. Lord, we declare that this day you are the Lord. You are the one that we will serve. Through hard times, through good times, through lack and through plenty, we declare that we will always return to you.
closing out the service, I felt like I was supposed to just testify quickly of even a moment I had similar to Pastor Clay. It's 2015 when I, I was 23 years old. I like to say when I was three years old, I asked God into my life. I remember where I was, my mom, and I said, Mom, I want Jesus into my life. And I was three years old and I asked Jesus into my life. Later on, I, as a high schooler, I wanted to, you know, change my high school for the Lord. And so I, I did the best that I could, started a prayer club. And then I went into an internship solely at the church where I lived at the church and became a youth pastor. But it wasn't until I was 23 years old that I truly gave my life. I submitted my life to the Lord. I was three years old. I asked him into my life, but I was 23 when I finally gave control over and said, God, is it? It's August 1st, 2015. I remember the moment I was in Phoenix. And you know what happened after that moment? My submission was tested. I was at a LA Fitness and I felt the Lord say to get on my knees before him and declare that he is the Lord of my life. I got on my knees and I said, this day I choose you are the Lord of my life. And so I felt like I just needed to testify because some of you are going to need that this week. You've made a declare, declaration to submit your life, but just be ready for this week coming strong. Doesn't matter who's around, maybe you got to get on your face, but you declare this is the day. I declare you are the Lord of my life and he will fill you, he will walk with you, he is with you. Amen. I want to invite our altar team to come to the front. They're going to come up front if you need prayer for anything. And if you made that declaration today, then make him the Lord of your life as first time salvation, or even you were someone like me or Pastor Clay, or you've been in the church, but you recommitted your life. I want to encourage you to come up, talk to our altar team here. You can also text Jesus to 599 if you made that declaration or that commitment today. Our giving is on the screen. We're a generous church. We serve a generous God. There are three ways that you can give. And then before my voice fully, fully goes out, I want you to posture where you lift your hands and I'll pray our, our benediction. Say this with me and, and maybe somebody help me out, Pastor Chaz. Teach us your ways. That we may know you and find your favor. Amen. Amen. Bless you. We love you. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 